Today we are talking about Welcome to the Eras Tour. An up-and-coming star. Maybe you've heard of her. This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Her name is Taylor Swift. Are you ready for it? You know, I think I might have heard that name about a hundred times in the past week. On this episode of Carolina Cast, we take a closer look at all things Taylor Swift this year. I'm Samantha Hoffman. And I'm Sierra Pfeiffer. You're going to just like do a show with like all the albums in it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be called the Eras Tour. See you there. Taylor Swift is one of those people who always has a headline. We're starting to even see Taylor Swift reporter listings like at USA Today saying they're looking not for traditional reporters, but for bloggers and fans. I bet a lot of people want those jobs. Yeah, the man who landed the role, Brian West, is already facing internet scrutiny. But that's another story. Today I've got some latest Taylor Swift news, and it's big. Seems like there always is. (laughs) The latest news is from Wednesday, when Taylor Swift was named to the Time Magazine Person of the Year. The article credits everything from the era's tour to the film to her economic impact surrounding those. Her new relationship causing rising viewership in the NFL, her re-recordings and recent Midnight's album success, and her reclaiming of earnings and bending of genres. Didn't she crash Ticketmaster and cause an earthquake this year? I think those could be added to the list. Yes, she crashed an international website and CNN reported her concert in Seattle caused seismic activity equivalent of a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. And throughout literally taking the world by storm, a kind of overarching thread this year is re-exploring her eras, which really span most of her life. So the article released by Time with Swift's interview has this overarching message of a consciously told redemption story. Swift goes through moments before the Reputation album when she felt her career was over, moments in her early career when she didn't know how to deal with the media, times when she lost opportunities because of her age or she wasn't getting control of the content she released or the earnings. Not only does this article talk about the theme of redemption, it tells it through the lens that Swift is a master storyteller and can control her image. The article pointed out lyrics to the song Mastermind off the Midnight's album, where she sings, I've been scheming like a criminal ever since to make them love me and make it seem effortless. Whether you think of her image as manufactured or not, fans credit the realness in her lyrics for making her this master storyteller. And she's a person they want to support. So you've been speaking with fans over the past couple months. What have they said about Taylor Swift this year? Yeah, so long before the Time Magazine news came out, I knew we had to do a story on Swift after I saw the Eras Tour concert film. I didn't have the time or means to go to the concert, but I did see the nearly three-hour film, which has an impressive production value and tickets over $20. They have souvenirs at the theater, like branded popcorn buckets and cups, People even design outfits on what they're going to wear to the theater. It really was incredible. And to be completely transparent, I have been a fan for years, though I wouldn't call myself Swifty level of knowing every lyric or owning merch. But I do think the film is something that everyone should see because it just shows how impressive of a storyteller she has been for years. Yeah, you mentioned the movie theater and going to see this era's tour film. Tell me a little bit about what that scene looked like. 
Yeah, so I saw it twice and they were two completely different environments. So one was a total theater experience. We're just watching a film. And the second time I saw it was girls standing in the back singing along like they were at a concert. Both had people from all over the board in terms of ages. I met a teenage girl who had seen it once already but wanted to bring her mom. I saw one young girl who it was her first movie she had ever seen and she could barely make out the sentences to describe it. And then I met a 76-year-old woman named Carol Kilbler and a friend of hers um, of the same age, Susan Place. And that was one of my favorite conversations. Here's what Kibler had to say. I'm so excited. I'm like a child. (laughs) I'm going to go home after this and call my granddaughter and say, Granny's not too old. (laughs) She's a Swifty and she went. (laughs) You know, I I have insomnia, so all night long I'm reading about, you know, Taylor and Travis. (laughs) So it's a little crazy. I didn't know you were a football fan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a Taylor fan. <laughs> I can't. I'm not a Swifty, but um, I love her. I saw her when she, 20-some years ago when she was just a kid, basically, with no makeup, an acoustic guitar, and a fabulous voice. I mean, she's. I think she's a great role model. Yes, Yeah. I mean, I think exactly. her head's in the right place. She's smart and progressive and just... I'd like to note that once off the record, Kibler asked me my opinions about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship for about 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Did you have a lot to say? There was a lot of questions about what Taylor Swift wants in life, what her past relationships have been like. It was very entertaining. Yeah, it seems like the fans were ready to talk. This movie is just a way for everyone to get together and not only talk about the movie itself, but other things too. Yeah, and there's that underlying theme of community. Like you hear about the friendship bracelets. People really love being a Swifty. <laughs> yeah, so clearly this film is hitting people, like you said, from all different ages. Yeah, and one of the managers confirmed that at the theater. I spoke with assistant manager Rachel Santos at Silver Spot Cinema in Chapel Hill to hear a little bit about what it's been like business-wise. First few opening weekends have been amazing. The vibe was so cool. All ages came, like little girls, little boys, older seniors and stuff, and they were all all wonderful and happy, and the energy was amazing. Definitely opening weekend, they came pretty close to selling out, that's for sure. But they definitely showed out um, women come in a full sparkly suit. Everyone was up and dancing and screaming and crying. People are still buying tickets, so it's still doing pretty well. There's a new phrase this year called the Taylor effect. It suggests that the surrounding areas of her concerts and films and really everything she touches are seeing rapid economic growth. We have the Federal Reserve crediting her. Obviously, there's a connection with theaters. But with the tour, you see not only venues, but airlines, hotels and restaurants all being boosted. Politicians from Thailand, Hungary, and Chile are begging her to come to their countries, knowing she will bring a sold-out crowd with her. We're seeing famous towns like Santa Monica temporarily renaming for her and wonder if the world Christ the Redeemer projected with Taylor Swift messages. All of this consumer spending that you're talking about, how much does it end up amounting to? So nationwide research company Question Pro says we're looking about $4.6 billion in consumer spending. Each consumer who attended the Eras tour is spending average of $1,300 on the concert alone and its travel-related expenses, according to the Washington Post. And that number doesn't include the amount for the film? 
Yes, it doesn't include the film or the added merchandise people purchase. I was skeptical and started asking around to college students in North Carolina who I knew attended the tour. And these were the numbers they dropped me. This is Clay Thornton, Vicki Jin, and Beck Humphreys. I've estimated probably around $1,500. Uh, probably upwards of like $1,500 just in this year. I think I spent around $2,500 on Taylor Swift. $2,500? And the thing is, these are somewhat tame numbers if you think about it being the average. Beck Humphreys, who spent the most of the three, walked me through why it adds up so quickly. My ticket cost me $875, and then about another $100 on gas, another $500 in hotels. I spent about $200 on merch at the stadium. And then my outfit was around, I think like 130 bucks. I spent about $50 on the Eras Tour concert tickets, uh, the movie. So that was another $50, plus, you know, another 20 bucks at concessions. Outside of the movie and the Eras Tour as a whole, I bought many sweatshirts from Taylor Swift, and each of them have been about $60, and I think I bought five or six in total. Clay Thornton also had his own special interests that added to it. I, you know, have purchased basically all of her albums on vinyl, which are obviously quite expensive. I, you know, typically don't spend that much money on um, particular celebrities, but I think that speaks to, you know, kind of the community value of, of Taylor's fan base. As Thornton says, the thing is, they're all willing to spend this much. This amount of spending, such a high number, do you think this is just a Taylor Swift effect thing, or is this typical for other artists too? It really is special. I mean, we hear about Legends of the Beatles mania, and recently Bruce Springsteen just had such a high concert, but this is really something else. And I spoke with Brenda Weber. She's a sort of Taylor Swift expert. She was a keynote speaker at Indiana University's Taylor Swift Conference, Taylor Swift, the conference era. And she's a professor in gender studies and commented on fans and their spending here. There's something really interesting about this notion of fandom. But I think you're right. It does. I mean, it is a kind of privilege. And even if you're not making much money and you're willing to spend it there, it doesn't always seem like the best kind of investment, right? But uh, I think to the earlier point, when you feel that you have an intimate connection with somebody, then no amount seems too much to pay in order to honor that. What I really liked about my conversation with Weber is she looks beyond the surface of what her fan following implies. Here's something I thought was particularly interesting in the context of what Swift's cultural relevance means today. Then we see a really different way of articulating these values of the American dream. And in a lot of ways, nothing better personifies that than Taylor Swift in terms of how we understand meritocracy. The harder you work, then the higher up you're supposed to go. That fame and celebrity become part of what it means to be living the American dream that money is part of it, but a certain kind of cultural power is really significant to that. So I was working through a, a number of these sort of cultural nodes with respect to Taylor Swift to document both her influence as well as to think about why that would resonate as this broader symbol for Americanness. She called Swift a figurehead to this kind of new American dream, and talked about the concept of cultural currency, that Swift's fame makes her influential in more ways than we think. 
Taylor Swift embodied and symbolized a number of forms of cultural currency having to do with status and beauty and femininity and talent uh, and how other things like what your body looks like counts as a certain kind of cultural currency or education can count as cultural currency. I hear that connection she's making between Swift and a new idea of modern femininity and just being on the forefront of that. Yes, and this is something that Time Magazine has also talked a lot about, this concept that women can talk about their emotions, wear glitter, be hurt by a breakup and share that story and still be strong, financially literate, influential, out front with their political beliefs and unapologetic about their accomplishments rather than downplaying them. And Taylor is just one of three figureheads of that this year, the others being Beyonce throughout her Renaissance tour and writer and director Greta Gerwig with her Barbie film. So to kind of close out this podcast, I wanted to end with a quote by Weber bringing home why she thinks Taylor Swift is Time's Person of the Year. One of the things we talk about with celebrity and celebrity studies is that celebrity is not constant over time. So, uh, you know, whoever's a celebrity now, Tom Cruise, probably wouldn't have been a celebrity 100 years ago because there's different kinds of values that the culture wants to lift up and praise and see reflected back to itself. Thank you so much, Samantha. It's been a pleasure to hear all about Swift's endeavors this past year. And I'm excited to see what's on the horizon. With Swift, you never really know. Thanks for having me. You can hear more from Samantha and the rest of our Carolina Connection reporters on our website, carolinaconnection.org, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. But those Georgia stars to shame that night said that's a lie.